favorite road songs line in the sand is from the wwe's evolution the group of uh, triple h rick flair randy orton and batista they, about the year 2003 i guess first time i heard that song and um i loved it ever since it's a good rock and roll song i'm a big motorhead fan there's Three dozen Motorhead songs really love, but I've just left their stuff on play many times. When I used to run a um, frozen department, I had my you know, ski net hat, toboggan, whatever you may call it in your part of the country, but I'd have my top on and uh, my earphones in. Had a BlackBerry phone. It was a great phone because you could hold the up or down key to s- skip tracks. And I would just put on just straight Motorhead for several hours if not an entire shift um good stuff right uh welcome to another edition of michael l craver presents interesting metaphorical uh place there the line in the sand time to find out who i am i just i've had a great month or so uh around here uh, a lot of recognition uh, personally and professionally. Uh, and I tell you that I've had some interesting, you know, I described this in one of my previous episodes, the perfect day, right? I worked a really hard, long day and then had a, sort of a spontaneous dinner with my mother and then uh, spent some time in my father's shop afterwards. Just, it's it's the way that I really enjoy uh, spending my life and I really love like servicing uh, the people around me, the community around me. Uh, whether you work for me, or whether I work with you, uh, whether it's a contribution to sort of the community and the world at large, like it's a big deal to me to have people who serve a purpose and that you're using your skills and your talents to. What would at least be considered a reasonable um, broadcast of your abilities? I mean, it, there's a scene in Goodwill Hunting, right? They're sitting around and they're having a beer. I guess it's a break time. And uh, Matt Damon says, you know, I'm, I'm going to be here forever, you know. And Ben Affleck tells him, he said, look, if you're still here, you know, I'm going to kill you because, you know, you have this gift, you have this ticket 
to go out and kind of change the world. And you owe it to the people who know about your ability to exercise your ability, to make the most of it and, and do what you can sort of for your race, your species, your uh, way of developing the future for those around you. You're paving the road, as some people say. So uh, when are you done with those meetings? I think the week after I'm 21. Yeah, they gonna hook you up with a job or what? Yeah, fucking sit in a room and do long division for the next 50 years. Yeah, probably make some nice bank though. Gonna be a fucking lab rat. Better than this shit. Way out of here. I want a way out of here for. I mean, I'm gonna fucking live here the rest of my life. You know, be neighbors, you know, we'll have little kids, fucking take them a little league together up Foley Field. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. In 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over to my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat, what? that's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What the fuck are you talking about? Look. You got something none of us. Oh, come on. Why, why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this or that. What if I don't no, want to? No, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. Because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. And I'll still be doing this shit. That's all right. That's fine. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. You're too much of a pussy to cash it in. And that's bullshit. Because I'd do fucking anything to have what you got. So would any of these fucking guys. It'd be an insult to us if you're still here in 20 years. Hanging around here is a fucking waste of your time. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know oh, that. Oh, I don't know that. Let me tell you what I do know. Every day I come by your house and I pick you up. When we go out, we have a few drinks and a few laughs and it's great. You know what the best part of my day is? for about 10 seconds from when I pull up to the curb when I get to your door. Because I think maybe I'll get up there and I'll knock on the door and you won't be there. No goodbye, no see you later, no nothing. I'm just left. I don't know much, but I know that. And I love, like I love that I have the ability to be funny or lead people or write or in this podcast is not very much work. But I've had so many sort of uh, just personal projects. And whether it's work, because I've been working 50-some hours a week. Or whether it's because I've tried to develop personal relationships. Uh, I'm not consistent on here to record. And I, it's called Escaping Vanity. I'm sort of proving the podcast successful by having a great life that I'm not recording and streaming about. But I think it's important. I'm sitting here smoking a Palmadero cigar. I think it's important that people have a, a period of reflection. And that's kind of what the podcast has been for me, to go out and have some experiences, tell some stories, and then come back and be able to... Reflect and record and retell uh, those moments. It's a way for me not only to organize my thoughts, 
but I very, very much enjoy any of the prospects that someone else might have to learn or to be able to um, I guess to take with them any advice or any learning <laughs> curves that I was a piece of right because I've been through some very confusing painful even provocative and progressive situations yeah I've always been a risk versus reward kind of guy. And sometimes, um, oftentimes, to my own um, failure, it's not a bad word, it's not the one I wanted to use, I can't think of it. Um, But I end up with these kinds of emotional... I don't want to say scars, but let's just say that, like, because I put myself into situations where I'm the only one that's, you know, proverbially going to go broke, to lose, to uh, sort of face the music, I have very unique perspectives on someone who's willing to be completely vulnerable and hit a wall. And you're all dizzy and dazed, and you got to shake it off and get... Try to keep moving. It's very difficult to do that. And as I've been single, uh, you know, you hear those stories all over the place. Somebody who's been hurt, et cetera, et cetera. They don't want to try with anybody else. They're not interested in, uh, quote unquote, making the same mistakes again. And so it's very hard to... Uh, break new ground with folks like that because now they're moving at a slower pace or a safer kind of routine is in place for them. Hold on, I gotta ask a lot more questions nowadays. My time is very valuable. Well, now you're spending all your time doing homework. In the old days, we'd, you know, trial by fire, right? You could have 15 questions that you need to get an answer to. Or... You can just try it out. Let's see what happens. And then we'll course correct and, you know, we'll figure it out on the go, on the fly. And I'm still like that. I think that's one of the reasons that when uh, we talk about age or somebody talks about how old I am, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I get a lot of numbers that people just say, you know, here's Michael, and they guess at something that I'm maybe 25, 30, 40% younger than I am. kind of strange like that but I think a lot of it has to do with my sense of humor my sort of naivety you know that I, the fact that I'm, I'm still willing to be uh, not so serious with myself Like it, it's tough to find people who get older and don't take themselves very seriously, too seriously, or otherwise. I don't ever want to be like that. I just don't. 
it's one of those things where I I think it's it's it's, it's super important to to be able to blend into the landscape. I mean, I'm not trying to be this crazy, bold, wild, unforgettable. Yeah, I am in a lot of ways. There's so, so many people who are, you don't remember me. I don't. I don't. I part of it is because I'm a whether it's Asperger's or autism, whatever it is. I remember mechanisms and ways for things to kind of happen and progress. But sometimes the the players uh, sort of fade into the background. I mean, there's, you know, the people who are my idols and all-stars and stuff like that, right? There's people I've worked with, and I remember so many of the faces and names, etc. But I can tell you that when it comes to, like people who have matched up with me uh, or, or been friends with me on social media or otherwise. Too many times I've had the same conversation with folks and they um, for lack of a better term they don't stand out. And, and sometimes I remember a name or a face because I try to be meticulous about that and go, oh, yep, I've had a conversation with that person. They are a piece of my history. I don't want anybody to feel like they're, you know, forgotten or just a number or something like that. Well, they weren't at the time that I spoke to them. But what happens is that over the course of time, They're not the person that they were in the moment where I was completely and uh, meticulously focused on them. They're now one of a lot of people that I had that experience with over the course of time. And the range of communication or adventure or whatever I had with them is now in a category with a lot of people that I had the same kind of conversation or, you know, here's a little cheap thrill or a few laughs or whatever it is, and and now they're one of a, a crowd. And like I said, the, the people who really stand out are the ones that you've experienced things with them that you're never going to have with anybody else. You know, you're always going to have your... Well, you got your first love, and it's the first person that's X, Y, Z, or remember the time we climbed Mount Everest, or whatever it might be. But I'm not trying to say this to be egotistical or anything else, but I, I get some attention in different ways and shapes and forms, and part of it's because of this streaming podcast here. Some of it's because of things that I've written. Some of it's because of how I carry myself. And I can, don't get me wrong, like I can fix stuff around the house and I've written beautiful business communications for people and done some very wonderful recognitions for people I work with or love letters or thank yous or whatever. I try to do it in a way that is seemingly unforgettable. But I, you know, I named the podcast and my writing and stuff is still under Escaping Vanity. But I literally like don't want that to be uh, confused with what I'm saying here. Yes, I love uh, 
as I said with the Matt Damon thing, I love using my talents to, uh, you know, enhance someone's atmosphere. They did something that I noticed. I have an elaborate way of describing it, building you up, making you feel better, whatever. I'll give you an example. There is uh, there's a couple of different people I work with who are very they're very unique people, and I don't talk about my my current job as a rule, but I'll talk about the conversation I had with someone. And it seems like a lot of the the interaction that I have, and, and sometimes it's been outside of work or otherwise, that I would say, you know, hey, I think that you bring a lot to the table. I think you do what I used to do. You put on a facade and put on a sort of a pseudo um, I don't know. I guess it's a very kind of mouthy kind of exterior that um, a lot of people will throw, you know, and I talk about this, throw obstacles in the way of a conversation. So you say, hey, how are you feeling, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, you know. And you could ask a question. Hey, what are you, what are you thinking about doing today? And they may give you step-by-step step what their agenda is. You may be able to have a small amount of humor that you throw back and forth to them. You may be able to flirt with them. Hey, you're, you're looking great today. And some people, and they, they can't take a compliment, so they say something awkward. What? Are you trying to say this? But that's, that is, that's where people cannot go with the flow. It's where they put on this... I guess you'd say a very mouthy exterior where as opposed to being able to smoothly um, build something and and have a great rapport with the the person to be able to develop maybe a chemistry. Maybe you're trying to have a good mojo with them. Maybe you're trying to flirt with them. Or they treat the concrete the uh, I'm sorry, the conversation like a game of Jenga. And they don't know how to control it. Or they've not, they don't have control of it, they need it, whatever it might be. And so each step of the conversation is like removing a piece in the Jenga stack. It's like what's going to be the thing that gets them out of the conversation or gets them like, you know, away from whatever this uncomfortable approaches and it's a shame too because i think there's some people no matter what age they are you could be 20 or 21 or half my age or whatever and you may be uh, completely amazing with your own set of beliefs or social skills maybe you're up to no good you know, there's there's people like that who are still learning, and so they try to cheat the system, and they uh, they really do they take advantage of of different situations because they are ahead of the game. They're smarter than the other people in the room, but they play dumb, and sometimes they're they're some of the best people they could possibly be, but they do they play these kind of 
Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs kind of characters that they go through the different range of motions and they're sleepy and droopy and sloppy and droppy or whatever. And it's a shame because you never know what you're going to get out of that person. I've seen some people who are the most help. One of my guys at work needed some help with something and somebody jumped right in and was just so helpful, selfless, and it was wonderful. But, you know, some of my uh, communications um, with that, that same helpful and wonderful person have been this kind of, huh, who, ha, you know. And I just, I look at that and I just go, wow, you know. If I had to describe it, I would say, if I had to describe this person and, and, and give them a recommendation or give them some sort of endorsement or otherwise, I would say, <laughs> you know, that they are fucking completely wonderful. They bring all of these qualities to the table. Very impressed by them. You know, we grew up completely different backgrounds everything maybe even speaking different languages right from a different generation but I find it just so in some ways disheartening that you end up separated um, through just the, the tremendous difference in life experiences that you have with people that you meet at different periods in your life. Like, wow, I wish I would have met this person 10 years ago. Or I wish we would have gone to school together. Or I wish, you know, this is somebody who, I, God, I wish I would have met that person when I was single. Why didn't I meet them when they were single? You know, whatever it is. Coke with coffee. We blended Coke with rich coffee for one very good reason. Your afternoon pick-me-up routine needed it. Simple as that. Coke with coffee. And so that happens, right? Timing is a big deal to people. But if you believe everything happens for a reason, you could all sweep everything under a rug and go, oh, we're not working out because everything happens for a reason. You go, well, you know, I'm single and, you know, this person's not and everything happens for a reason. So maybe they're not my person or whatever. Well, I think the problem that I have in so many situations is... I always want to have the conversation. Hey, and I've talked about this a lot in this podcast, you know, history that I have. What if? What if we both find each other intriguing and we both just stop playing games about it and said, hey, hello, who are you really? What do you really want to get out of life? Are we going the same direction? Maybe we are. Maybe we're not. And that's the problem that I've had with any time that I've been single is I've had conversations with different folks. Either they live farther away or, you know, they're at a point where they could, they want to date. They got kids and baseball and basketball and special needs and whatever else it might be. And it's real, real hard to develop any kind of an adventurous or meaningful relationship uh, with those kinds of things on your plate. 
it just is. That's how it is. And so it's rough, you know, to try to face that uh, set of circumstances, agenda, schedule, whatever it might be, and look at it and go, wow, you know, I really wish I could have this person's undivided attention for 10 dates, a couple of weeks, whatever it might be, to be able to to see if you, you really could have the kind of deep, seated conversations or spend the time around each other and see how much you really bond and how much growth you have and how fast that growth happens. That's one of the things when I, I dated my ex, it was such a, a huge problem is she was becoming a better person, but she was becoming a better person at a very slow rate compared to how quickly I was getting ahead both uh, professionally and really, really hitting strides with developing, you know, my true uh, identity. So a moment of kind of deep reflection that I had last week. I'm putting the ceiling up in this Lions Club. Now, I worked seven days last week. And on my day off, or at least what was going to be my day off, we put a new ceiling in the local community center. The drop ceiling, so it's it's where it's um, the ceiling tiles, but we changed it up. It went from uh, four foot ceiling tiles to two foot ceiling tiles. So you go in there and you snap these extra bars in there. You put new tiles in, you knock it out. Now, uh, full disclosure, yeah, there was a lot of insulation and old ceiling and stuff. When we took the old ceiling out, there were asbestos tiles up there and all kinds of water leaks and things that had happened previously. So we had to do a lot of cleaning and cleansing and no, we didn't use a heck of a lot of personal protective equipment or anything. My mother jumped all over me because of the amount of carcinogens and cancer and all this stuff that can happen from how reckless we were. And I said, we're men. Fuck that. And she said, you're going to be dead men, you know. So, I don't know. That's just how I approach things. You know, I, I haven't missed a day of work. It'll be 25 years, June the 16th of this year. That I started work, never have called out, never missed a day. But I think one of the issues that I run into with people who either, you know, um, could be compatible with me or perhaps they're from a different background or maybe they're a little younger or whatever it might be, uh, at least my perception or my diagnosis, my synopsis, my explanation here is that we we approach things from a completely different level of security and vulnerability. So yes, I am very uh, driven. I'm, I'm very big on recognition. I'm very big on having all kinds of conversations. I can be extremely confrontational. And yes, I'm probably going to out-talk you. I'm probably going to outwork you. Probably gonna outperform you in every room of the house. It's just how it is. I'm born with a, I don't know, just a different set of energy, or maybe it's because I drink two to three to four to five liters of Dr. Pepper every day and it's that caffeine or whatever it is. But I really do not want to have these wild gaps or divisions or whatever between me and the person that I'm interested in because. 
I, I mean, in a way, it creates a challenge, and it's always a work in progress, and that's a good thing. I like that in some ways because I, there's nothing to take for granted. It doesn't get old. It doesn't get stale. And so that's interesting. And I've always been kind of attracted to people who are a little younger than I am just because they can keep up with me a little better than people who have gotten uh, a little bit of age on them. And there's also a, a, a different kind of sense of, I don't know, naivety or, or the, the, their sense of humor and, and so forth is not lost. They're not jaded like older folks. I mean, they still bring a tremendous amount of uh, potential to the table because they've not yet made the mistakes or wasted the time or otherwise. And then there's people who are my age that I've tried to have conversations and date that they absolutely impress me. Um, but inevitably there's, there's something that goes on where their life is it's already on this kind of non-negotiable track or it's in this very discernible, unbreakable direction. And they need someone who fits into, you know, a very specific pattern, a very specific kind of lifestyle. Someone who's not going to cause them any trouble, don't want to rock the boat, it's not going to say anything controversial, whatever, whatever. And I guess that's that's going to be very difficult with someone like me. Because I like possibilities. And it's not, hey, what if we spent six months in jail and then got back out? You know, what would it be like to have to rebuild your whole life with a criminal record? It's not like that. But it is important to me that I can say something wild, off the cuffs, whatever, and it's not going to bother anybody. If you know there's no harm intended, then just have some fucking fun. But the problem that I've had in, in some conversations is that, um, you know, you go to flirt with somebody and you just to say something to somebody and tell them they're beautiful. And inevitably, they don't know how to take a compliment, or at least that's exactly how it comes across. And they'll give you some kind of nonsense. Oh, what are you saying? Mm. You're not supposed to be talking like that. You don't believe in freedom, do you? You don't believe in acting in some kind of civil way where you know how to take a compliment or you understand that somebody's coming from a genuinely good place trying to build you up and trying to maybe even, you know, ask you out to dinner or something. It's a shame, too. You know, there's not a lot of people who bring the... I, I don't know of anybody, and I'm, but I'm sure there's other folks out there who bring these very wild combinations of... Uh, having culture and knowing all kinds of crazy shit because they took the tremendous amount of writing and reading and history classes. and You know, they grew up with a, a mother who gave them really good advice or they've been in uh, strenuous situations with uh, a father or they've dealt with a lot of things with different problem-solving situations, especially in, in my boots. I mean... It comes some of it comes from the territory, from managing restaurants and retail and otherwise, and some of it comes from dating people who are always mm, running into trouble. So I have almost too many stories to tell about what do you do about this and what do you do about that, 
I not I can't just tell you because I have ideas and I've oh he's always got something to say. I've probably been in the situation. Sometimes I've intentionally sought out and put myself in the middle of bullshit situations because number one, I like it and it's fresh to me and it's something different. But secondly, like I want to be able to handle things other people can't handle. It makes me more valuable because now I can do things other people can't do. That's the reality of it. Now I can do something you can't do. Now I've encountered some kind of trouble, survived it, came up with a great solution. Otherwise, you haven't done that yet. I have a proven record of overcoming obstacles and having very consistent, sometimes very unique, but always what I consider to be very reliable results. I had someone in in a leadership a long time ago tell me, oh, anybody can come in and make it look like this and this and this and and put the mask on for just a little while, put the face on. But can you consistently deliver those results over an extended period of time? Of course I can. I don't come up with methods to be able to like... um, I'll give you a good example. So in a health department inspection, some restaurants and restaurant managers will take this approach. In order to avoid anything with dishes or cleanliness or otherwise, they'll take the big sink and they'll have soap and bubbles and whatever else in it, right? But when the health inspector gets there, they throw everything that's questionable into the sink. Now the health inspector can't look at it. It's a way to mask things up. Yeah, you could sweep everything under the rug, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not like that. I clean everything up and I have it ready for you. If they kidnap me tomorrow, my house would be clean and organized and easy to sort out. And somebody else could just fall into being here. Of course, they're not going to make the same decisions, have the same personality. They're not me, right? But the space is ready for them to use it as they please. And I've always tried to treat my personal relationships with people the same way. I want you, if you come into work for me, I want you to come in with as little to no stress as possible and leave with an optimism and not like, oh my God, it's time to leave. I want you to almost regret leaving. You're like, oh, I guess it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to go. Go home to your family. But I'm glad you had fun today. I had fun today too. Look forward to it tomorrow, man. And we come back to work the next day. We got jokes. We got stories to tell each other. We're exchanging good and bad situations to try to learn from one another. We treat each other like resources, not just co-workers, but we go above and beyond to try to go, hey man, what do you think about this? And we brainstorm and we kind of pitch these situations out to people who are in similar lifestyles as us right we work together we obviously live in the same communities what do you think about this or that or the other what's the state of the world what's the weather going to be what do you think about something that you saw on tv or politics or something and some people shy away from that stuff but we make it very clear that we are not out to pick each other apart we're making ourselves vulnerable because we're asking for the feedback 
and the ideas of the other person. I mean, that's what's going on. If I'm if if I am outwardly giving you compliments or flirting with you, it's my way of saying I could be spit and I could. I am Michael fucking Craver. I could be spending my time on anything else. But if I make the time to walk from somewhere else up to you or text you or whatever and say, hey, I'm going to donate this time to you. I'm going to spend my time here. I'd love to know, hey, I've got something sweet to say to you. And if you say something back to me that's just silly, oh, what are you doing? If you, you know, it's like if I go to pet a dog and then he bites back at me, you go to pet a cat and they fucking turn away. You realize that you're putting more effort into the situation than the other person is. You are genuinely engaging into a conversation or a situation that the other person is not reciprocating. And some of that is not because you're not wanted or they don't find you just as interesting or attractive or whatever. A lot of that awkwardness has to do with the immaturity and the lack of experience on the other side of the conversation. Well, I didn't know what to say. Then don't say anything. Say thank you. Ask a question. What are you doing for dinner? What about that? When are you going to record another show? Progress the conversation so that it seems like you genuinely are interested in the other person's time and their choices. Whatever other choices, whatever other time it might be. But you're getting to know something else about them. Maybe you get a compliment and you don't have a great reply. You don't have a great uh, return on investment, right? You don't have, oh, you said something so sweet to me. I should say something sweet to you. I don't know what to say sweet to you. Okay. Ask a question. Value their time. Be warm. Be kind. I mean, it's been important to me for the last however many years to try to be an amazing partner or boyfriend or father or whatever. And so I do everything I can to sometimes surprise someone with a gift or something like that. But, like, at the end of the day, it's been super, super important to me to be able to be, like, the guy who... You come to me with a problem, you need something heavy lifted, you need something very high strung or very complicated, unwound and smoothed out. I'm your guy. Been that guy for a long time. But in modern times, I have much smoother and much wiser answers because I've been in the middle of a lot of shit and I've faced a lot of different difficult problems with people. I've seen a lot of people who are at the end of their rope. I've seen... You know, people who are unhappy with me or otherwise, and we talk about that, and we go, oh, uh, we misunderstood each other. And you can think evil things if you want, but as the author of my own words, you're not going to tell me what my intentions were. Even if you had a psychiatry degree or something and you try to compare one person to a crowd of people and say, oh, this 
this is what the average person would do in this situation. This is what their behavior indicates. Those are suggestions and guesses. They're estimations. Just like a meteorologist is going to go out and they're going to forecast the weather based on previous patterns. Does not mean the weather's going to turn out that way. Doesn't mean that you know what an individual is absolutely going to do and what they're thinking. The reason chemotherapy and certain treatments and otherwise do not work on every single individual, no matter how much they might fall into a pattern of behavior or a group of people, a demographic of patients. Everyone is not only unique because of their social security number and their driver's license and their plate on their car, et cetera, et cetera, but they... They bring these very unique offerings to situations where they may be the miracle story. They may be the perfect person for you. They may be, you know, there's a, there's a big difference in, in your culture and the language you speak and the age range that you're in when you graduated, if you graduated, whatever. And I have found it intriguing to be a person who has... So many different opposites from a lot of folks. And yet, we have amazing conversations. We have amazing attraction to each other. We have amazing times together. I think it's it's important that you notice certain details. And they're great. When you're going to write somebody a love letter, you're going to write something flattering, you're going to take the time to... Um, give your account of the situation. But once again, those are just, you know, the devil's in the details. Well, details don't make or break a person. You always have the ability to overlook certain things, to give people an opportunity when sometimes they may or may not deserve it, you believe it, have earned it, or otherwise. It's important, I think, to use discretion and go, well, okay, well, it, on paper it's like this, but my instincts are telling me this other thing. Okay, well, go, which one are you going to go with? Um, hmm, today I'm going to, and you do whatever you feel like. That's what makes you the individual. That's why you have the debate in your head. I think it's very, very healthy to do one and to do the other because at least then you have a sample pool, you have a history, you have some sort of diversity to say, well, I've tried it both ways. It's important to know that. I've had people who ask me how to set up a podcast, how to set up their writing, how to set up. I said, the first thing you ought to do is get out a notepad and, and write whatever your thoughts are and, and take a few moments every day, and whether you have a drink of vodka or smoke a cigarette or you sit on the back porch and watch the hummingbirds or whatever it might be. And you gather yourself to the point where you're like, oh, okay, hmm, this is a, I like that concept. I'm going to write them and talk about a, that concept is where I approach it from usually. It's, it's one thing that has happened and then I expand on that. Sometimes I have a big outline of 25 things or more uh, that I'm going to do a show I'm going to record it. I'm going to cover all of this stuff because I need to I need to get all this stuff out of my system. Well, let me tell you something. I don't need to record a podcast. I haven't for a long time. So 
Well, you don't hear many of them. I spent my days off doing, you know, great things with family or friends or the community. Or, you know, when I'm at work, I have great people around me, and some people are they're 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 short, and some are tall, and some are gorgeous, and some are not. And I love all the characters that make up the cast of my day. And some people are at the grocery store, and some people are where I work, and you know, other folks are they're just in my phone because they're having a conversation I guess wishful thinking or whatever but John Bree any idea why we are in a fridge well I'm Bree yeah, I'm John I know but you're John who John Ham so we're Bree and Bree and Ham Ham and Bree I get it and Hellman's we're dinner well with Hellman's all these leftovers can be anything is that Pete Davidson uh huh he really is everywhere I'm gonna eat you guys. You guys are really delicious. That's it's weird. Hellman's brings leftovers to life. I'm very, very, very happy with what I bring to the table. That my credit is like this, and my bills are on auto pay, and I have a very good uh, career, and I feel very, very happy with the contributions that I've made to other people around me. My mother, who has had a couple of different issues in her new home, uh, has called me or called my brother up, and we called each other up, and we go over there and we tag team it. And kind of the ultimate, uh, the, the perfect storm happened uh, Sunday. Uh, I'm texting my brother. I'm talking about how I'm looking at some different computers. This, is, this will be probably the last podcast recorded on the old computer. And... He says, yeah, well, mom's having a problem with her garage door. And, you know, maybe we should go over there and give that a look. And I said, great, I'll be there. Already on the way. And we go over there to fix it. My, my brother's like, hey, when you get there, dad's already going to be there. And I'm like, my dad? My dad and mom divorced in 96? 97, whatever it is. It's been like 25 years. But they've been divorced. Now, they get along. They talk. But... My father, my brother, my mother, and me have not been together in the same place. Not that combination of people, just the four of us. I don't know when the last one was. Don't know. Maybe it was 97 or something. I think it was. Um, very interesting to see that. I'm over there, and me and Dad are helping fix the garage door, and, and you know, my brother's talking to my mother, and then we're all in the same place, and we got done, and we all sat on the porch, and then we tried out her chairs in her living room and sat down. It was just wonderful. And she texted me afterwards, and I know she felt the same way that I did. She was like, it was just so great to have. And it was. It's like getting the, the band back together or whatever. My brother's a, he's a big fucking deal at what he does. He might tell it to you if you got him mad enough, but he's very, very humble about it. He just talks to people like they're his equals. They're they're not. Not professionally, not intellectually, not otherwise. They're not. What he brings to the table, you cannot duplicate. What I bring to the table is very hard to duplicate. What my, what my father brings to the table is just fucking... Phenomenal. He's been retired for a couple of months now, and I know he's going crazy uh, trying to find stuff to do every day because he loves to 
to be part of a project and make a list, but he crosses stuff off the list like I do very quickly. And so then you got to keep finding more people to help and new projects to take on, <laughs> whatever. His hardest job is to find the next thing to do. And people present him with complex things to do, but he knocks it right out of the park. But so do his sons. And so does his ex-wife. It's part of the ability, the aptitude, the character traits that, that we bring to the table. And I fucking love that. We need to do what? We need to fix... Oh, yeah, we'll knock that right out. And we do. And sometimes there's some money saved in it, but really, we don't mind spending money. It's the experience of being able to learn it and do the new thing together that is really what bonds us. It creates this great situation. We don't have awkward fuck moments where somebody says something complimentary and then you say something sketchy back to them. There's never something, the bad joke or good humor or flirting or otherwise that's ever going to be like, oh, 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 it's 2023, I need to call HR. Get the fuck out of here. This isn't even a good joke. And And for things that are not serious matters and people who are supposed to be grown up and mature and all that fun stuff, it's something that is just, it's just a bad choice of, uh, words to put together and say out loud to somebody. What I have with my family, with my coworkers, etc., at least, you know, in the in the extremely respectable unit that we work in, um we not only do what needs to be done, but we do it in a safe way, we do it in a responsible way, we would stand behind it, we would describe it to you, you know, we joke about certain things like, oh, you know, so-and-so might be working for cash. Biden don't need to know. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, taxes are based on the honor system. If you make money, you don't report. Maybe you're dishonorable. Maybe. There's, you know, people have asked me, you know, what about this? And what about that? My mother's very big on, you should join Planet Fitness. You should do some things that will expose you to this and this kind of, you know, opportunities to meet somebody, date somebody, whatever. whatever. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, I run across a lot of people who I do a project for or I'm helping out at work or, you know, I work with some rugged people and some beautiful people and otherwise. And, yeah, there there might be a person or two who is my interest uh, that if I spoke to them long enough, they'd probably not have my interest anymore. There's some people who we have a, a you know, dynamic kind of, hey, how are you doing? And there's other folks who there's more depth to it than that. But I find it very hard to be in this world of, you know, me being like, hey, how are you doing? And, you know, how do you make your best and worst decisions? And, and what are the most interesting and sort of, you know, what are the hardest problems you're dealing with, the, the deepest thoughts you're having, all that kind of stuff. 
And mostly people are not open to that, to, to discussing that kind of stuff, especially people who are in a in a younger age bracket and they still working problems out, or they just feel like, oh, I, I can't share that. You don't want to let Michael know. Why? Because I would have some kind of a, an edge or a power or some kind of, you know, place where I'm one step above you or some bullshit. Like, that's not how it is. If I'm better than you, I'm better than you. Or if I'm older or smarter or wiser or stronger or whatever, it doesn't change for you to share a compromising situation. It doesn't make me any more powerful. Like, I was already fucking there. Um, we've always going to have, our world is always going to have, and we're always going to be in, these very dynamic situations where, you know, I work for people who make more money than me and have more authority than me. That's how it is. I pay my taxes to people just like that. I, you know, get pulled over by people like that. Otherwise, uh, you do too. Um, in a lot of ways, you know, you're going to find me saying, well, we're all just, you know, part of the system and we're all very equal. Well, in a lot of ways, yes. Their position is not a, it doesn't have any validation without me. And you can be the best looking, uh, guy, girl, you know, whatever, uh, in a modeling contest, but, Nobody's going to give you a ribbon unless we all agree that we're going to, you know, set this system up and then we're going to acknowledge you. The problem with that is that a lot of folks who have amazing chemistry or attraction or otherwise with one another don't acknowledge it with one another. They don't put it right out there and create this mutual respect where I can say, hey, you know, I think that you're an amazing person and you should drop the act and you should just... Go with the flow, and you know, maybe you and I, we, have a, we should have a very uh, long conversation. Where are you at in your life? Where do you want to go in your life? You know, why wouldn't we work out? Uh, right? There's no reason we wouldn't work out. You could create situations where you try to be skeptical, but the girl that I used to date was very much like that. It was like, okay, well, we're going to run into a restaurant. We're going to eat. And she would want to plan, like, the whole meal in the car before we got there. And, you know, what are you going to order? I don't know. We'll see, like, what I feel like when I get there. They might have a special written down. They might tell me they're out of stuff. They might have changed the menu. Who knows? But I'm not going to worry about that. Very few places. And there's a there's a restaurant down the road for me that they have a catfish special every Friday. If you want to be my friend, you'll take me out and I'll pay. We'll get some catfish. Maybe even get one to go. Maybe you pick one up as takeout and just bring it to me. Whatever. whatever. But that's one of my sweet spots. And yeah, but I don't have to get the catfish. They oh, they have gyros and sandwiches and pizzas and flatbreads and all kinds of pasta dish and everything else. So I'm not bound to one kind of things. I've I, I've always been a dexterous person. So it's very easy for me to just go with the flow. A lot of times I don't know what I'm going to order until the waiter walks up. And I'm like, yep, all right, here you go. Or I'll tell the other person, I'm thinking about these three things, you pick for me. Hey, waiter, pick amongst these things and bring it back. Don't tell me, just make it a surprise. And I have no problem with that. Like, I like other people's feedback, and I like when they make the decisions. The only headache that I run into is when you try to be, like, sincere with somebody or say something, you know, very 
tactful or maybe even very flirtatious or something of that nature. And what you do is you say something to someone who doesn't either have the ability or, or doesn't want to, whatever. There's no reciprocation. So you're pissing in the wind or you know, you're stepping in quicksand, whatever you want your metaphor to be. That's very difficult for a guy like me because I think, okay, well, I took the time to jump into this uh, moment and, hey, uh, Jennifer or Selena or, you know, whatever your name is, uh, whoever I might be talking to. Maybe it's Greg. Maybe it's Johnny. You're looking handsome today, Johnny. I do say that sometimes. You know, if I want to say something to somebody who I think is going to take it in a very heterosexual kind of you know, non-flirtatious, non-sexual kind of way. I, I, I do that to the other guys at work. Hey, man, why are you so dressed up today? Oh, yeah, I'm looking good, aren't I? <laughs> you are. I wouldn't have said it. But, you know, I, I sometimes do the same things or, you know, look somebody up and down or whatever because I, it's, it's kind of a shtick. It's kind of this behavior that we have where I, I do this and you do that and whatever. But it's a shame sometimes that I've developed kind of this chemistry with, with someone who's a friend, a, a co-worker, someone I find very attractive, whatever. And there's a limit to that because they're not willing to, they either lack the ability or they're not willing to engage in a further step to that process. You know, the, the situation that I had with this this girl that I dated for the longest time was that I believed she had the ability to take good information and change. And, you know, whenever she didn't do something, I thought, man, she's just hard-headed. Like, she must realize that this is good information, but it's, like, not her idea. Well, I don't know the truth of whether it was, like, a control mechanism and, and it wasn't her idea, so she decided not to do it. Or it always crossed my mind. Maybe she just don't know a good idea from a bad idea, and so she chooses to do whatever she picks, right? But doesn't understand the possible outcomes or the possible you know, risk versus reward where I'm trying to say, if you'll do this, you will see a tremendous change. She don't know that. She don't have a vision for it. Maybe she's just you know, ignorant to it. And I don't mean willfully ignorant to it. I mean like she's completely oblivious to the possibilities. And I don't know the truth uh, as far as that person goes, but I do know this. It fucking sucks to be a person who recognizes the fully capable potential of a situation, whether it's, it's somebody that you really believe in, a family member, a son, a daughter, a... Maybe there's some hot girl. You know, I'm a guy, right? There's some hot girl that I've I've spoken to. I'm like, man, if she would just shut the fuck up and say yes and go out to dinner and sit down and, and invest the, the 90 minutes or whatever and have a long meal, long conversation, it might tremendously open her eyes up to a different perspective. But you never know. Because you may have that experience with that person, and they're incapable of having fourth dimensional. They they can't look to the future with any kind of vision, or they, can't, they don't get the concept, and they can't see it playing out that way. 
for them, it's a very basic kind of thing. Like one thing has to happen for the next thing to happen. And they can't see step three till they're in the middle of step 2.5. Some human beings are just built that way. Which is why I get so sideways with people in those situations. Because I can think 20 steps down the line. And I know not only where we are, but where we go- where we ought to be, where we should be. We're probably where we're going to be. And those are often very different things, right? We could be way out here, but realistically, where are you going to be? And that's part of why they, you know, put me in leadership positions. I set out goals, and then I accomplished them. And I want to be able to give consistent results. I want to be able to, to explain the madness of why and where and how I made choices and make it look easy. But, you know, the the journey of, of being able to do all these wonderful things for the people that are around me, that I love, or my community, or church folks, or co-workers, or whatever, the, the tragedy of it is that I fall more in love with those things and less in love with the idea of this, you know, not pseudo, but uh, hypothetical or non-existent relationship that I, I being single, you know, I don't, it's like... Well, these things are more intoxicating than any of the prospects that are in front of me. So, hmm, would I take the time to go on a date or would I take the time to go do that? That's the question. You know, hey, if somebody gave you a project to do and there was a date that could have happened in the same time frame, which one would you choose? Uh, probably the project at this point in my life. And I... I don't know if I like that or don't like that. I just know that when you put your time and effort into those situations, you know, the, the results are right there. You shared an experience with somebody else. Uh, it's now like a memory. It's often part of something that's going to last and affect other people. It's a greater purpose that serves more folks and it's way outside of myself and it's not selfish, right? But then there's another part of me that would love to be able to be really selfish. And you talk to somebody who's, you know, really beautiful and, and you're like, hey, imagine the possibilities. And sometimes they just can't see them. Hey, you should have a conversation. Why? And they give you excuses and they say silly things. And it's a shame that you could lay it all out right in front of them. You could go step by step and they're never going to fucking get it. Never going to see it. Sometimes they don't want to. Or maybe they're not single and they don't tell you that. Or maybe, you know, they're just like, oh, you're not my type. That's fine. But I run into too many situations and get asked the question too often, like, how are you single? Why are you you single? It's pretty simple, honey. I have an amazing amount of things that happen in my life from the way that I... Uh, reciprocate humor or because I feel extremely appreciated at my job or because people ask me to do things for family and community and whatever, that I feel completely engaged so much of my time, so many hours of my week. I'm not looking for another person to like build me up, validate me or otherwise. It would be great to have a partner and be able to cuddle with somebody and fall asleep. But I have yet to find someone who's a great compliment to the other things that I have going on. 
who doesn't create these very awkward spaces where you try to have involved and in-depth and very serious conversations, and they can engage on that level. There's plenty of people who want to flirt, and they're like, oh, what would you do to me? And I give them the speech about how, you know, a woman's body is a musical instrument and, you know, there's rhythm and tempo and all these erogenous zones that people have are like the chords of a guitar, the keys of a piano. And if you play them with amazing creativity and different combinations and you're... Anyway. Yes, the results that I get in communications, in physical labor and humor or whatever are easily achievable for me in every area. It's achievable for me in, through intimacy or romance or whatever else. The mouth-watering Big Mac with a savory filio fish and a tasty McChicken. My goodness, that looks good. Oh, oh, you're making a McDonald's menu hat. Yes, a land, air and sea. Oh, it's going to tip over. No, it's good. It's good. Very stable. Order the land, air, and sea by name, build it by hand, and hack the McDonald's menu. I'm surprised at how attracted I am to it. I don't think that, you know, you can find many folks who are um, going to produce as many results in, in as many different areas and be as selfless as I am. I, I don't expect a tremendous amount of credit. I don't have the podcast so that you can praise me for having a, having a great voice or whatever the fuck. I just don't see it that way. The way I see life is I share these very personal interactions with people. I, I happen to have a podcast for whatever reason and and share some of this stuff so that I hope that you go out and you are vulnerable with people. You look at things from different perspectives and you consider different chances that you might take or shouldn't take or otherwise and go, maybe I don't know a good idea from a bad idea. Let's do something stupid and see if maybe Michael was right. I'm not going to tell you to spend all your money or gamble your time away or you know risk disease or death or injury or whatever. But what I am going to say to you is that you have all kinds of of opportunities throughout your day or your week or otherwise where you could say something funny to somebody. You could say something completely um, reciprocal if someone tries to flirt with you. You know, maybe there's some gal or guy or whatever. I'm putting the blinds back down. Maybe there's some gal or guy or whatever you work with and they say, hey, you know, you are a step above. You're gorgeous. You're... Why do you think that, you know? And maybe you you dig into that a little deeper and understand why they think what they think. And maybe you'll respect their opinion a little bit more and know that they're not completely full of shit. Maybe you'll find out that they are. But if you have any inkling or, you know, any interest in them, then engage in that conversation and see if the interest is genuine and if it's it's short-sighted and it's, you know, flavor of the month it's it's very surface level whatever bullshit and and you're not gonna ever want to pursue it anyway you know he is attractive you know i go out with this guy and he's like this and he's like that and he's younger or he's older or he's got money or whatever it is and you go interesting okay 
And that's all you need, right? Because if I start asking questions, it's going to be like, how many different layers does he have? And what would he do in this situation and that situation? And people often look at it and they go, I don't know. And I don't care. And it's to me, it's extremely short-sighted to have someone who has uh, so few tools in their repertoire. But for other folks, they feel comfortable with having somebody who has some things going for them. And they don't really chase like the big fish or the person who has like the very uh, deep wealth of insight in, in 50 different areas. They want somebody who's good looking, who's available, who's whatever, and then they'll go from there. And act in some ways, in a very naive way, as if that person is is magically going to grow all these other, uh, you know, like an octopus. They're going to grow all these other tentacles, and all of a sudden they're going to be good at this and that and intimacy and taking care of you and writing beautiful notes or, you know, just how they run a household or whatever. Oh, they'll just learn as time goes on. Why don't they have these things coming into the relationship? Well, because they had all the time in the world. Why didn't they develop these tools and skills before? Because, right. And I think that, you know, one of the things that has been my pleasure and also kind of my downfall is that I have been a person who's been so selfless about so many different situations that I know what another person wants how they shop, what their favorite things are, what they're thinking, whatever it is. And it drives me completely uh, wild as I've gotten older to be in situations where, you know, I think the world of somebody else, I have gone way out of my way to not only learn the other people but to be able to uh, make them as comfortable as possible, to be able to adapt to their situations, to learn them, to learn all their quirks, all their you know little innermost pet peeves and secrets and everything else, and be the best friend or the best lover or the best partner or whatever I can be. And then something happens where it's like, oh, okay, well, that person's going to go back on the inactive roster, the disabled list, whatever you want to call it. And now we have somebody new who's stepping up to the plate. Okay. What about the new person? Now you're going to learn their quirks and their habits and their things and see if you can develop chemistry with them, whatever. Now, I've always said... If you are new to me, then I will treat you just the same as anybody else that I've ever, right? I don't look at the past and say, well, I'm going to develop these walls that you have to climb over because somebody else fucked up. I have to treat you a certain way, and you have to overcome these obstacles or answer 32 questions that somebody else didn't have to answer because the last time I got burned. No, I'll give you every opportunity that I would have given the last person as if nothing bad ever happened. But I realize that is not the norm. Mostly people develop policies. They develop these deal breakers. They, they have these things that they try to screen people or vet them or whatever. Because the last well, the last guy, he ended up with a girlfriend and six wives. And, you know, well, how are you supposed to know that? Uh, all right, well, figure that out. And maybe ask that question in a conversation. But 
treat everything else like normal and go at whatever speed you can possibly go. Time is precious and life is short. And it's one of the reasons that I don't spend like 60 minutes a week recording podcasts because, yes, there's a very amount, interesting amount of interesting things that happen to me on a weekly basis, whether it's because I'm, I've gotten somebody out of a situation or something progressed at work or otherwise. I don't share all those things. I could, I suppose, but I've made it a rule that I will talk about certain concepts of my life here. And the other things are applicable to the people that I have a real-world, non-streaming relationship with. I, I, I just find certain things so uh, disheartening in a lot of ways that, you know, I have a great aptitude for different things in my life and learning skills and how I spend time with people and how to learn people faster and so forth. I, I just find it disheartening in a lot of ways to continue to try to have that and maybe develop it at an even quicker rate. But as I get older, it's like the world has changed in this completely different way. Whether it's backwards or whatever it is. That as you try to be more and more yourself and be open and be vulnerable and maybe you put your heart out there on you and just leave or you know out in front of you or whatever, and folks treat it like you're silly. They, you know, hey, how are you doing today? You look fucking gorgeous. And they say, oh, well, and instead of saying something reciprocal or something complimentary or, you know, thank you very much or, you know, taking it from a very heartfelt place of exchanging something that you thought would be wonderful, maybe make them feel better, make them blush, whatever it might be. You know, inevitably there's going to be folks who are going to say, you don't mean that or you're lying or you're a dog or you're creeping or you're whatever. And I go, no. Absolutely not. But it makes me sad to hear people say stuff like that because either they don't know how to deal with the situation and or they have a poor sense of optimism and self-image to the point that you can't build them up or they can't um, reply and reciprocate uh what you're trying to convey to them. Hey, I think you're extremely attractive and, you know, if they think that you are too, they should say something back. But it's not a form of flirting past the age of like 16 to try to say something like, "Ooh, you got cooties" or "Why would you say that to me?" Like, "Ooh, fuck you." That's why. You take the time, you you say things that you mean and you're vulnerable and you Try to engage the other person, build up the other person, have the best of intentions. If they can't see that or they act any differently, then you're probably incompatible with them. Because their aptitude, their intelligence and otherwise is not on the same level that you're operating on. It's at a far different level. It's like a kindergartner who touched the stove and got burned one day, so he's never going to the kitchen again. Well, that's a shame. Especially, and I'm being selfish or egotistical right now, but especially if I'm trying to engage with you and I think the world of whatever, because I am the most scrutinizing, critical, analytical, break-you-down kind of fucking person that I know of. 
And yet I still want certain things to happen for certain people because, and with certain people, if I find them interesting or a friend or attractive or whatever, because I have a vested interest. Like I want to see them be part of my life or maybe even be able to have this witty banter with me or maybe even to, to go out to dinner or something with me because I look at those situations as potential, you know, friendships or whatever else may come from that. And it's okay if other people don't, but I think what's confusing and, and very off-putting about those circumstances when you go to put yourself in, hey, how about this? And someone just goes, eh. They say something um, facetious back to you, something that's accusatory or otherwise. And it's just, that's your way of knowing that that is a person who is lacking those the, the skills that you're looking for, that I'm looking for. And it does, it draws a, a line in the sand, as the, the opening song of this podcast described. It, it it's very much a very rugged and rough situation because you want to be able to 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 not go back to this you know you know I'm not watching high school documentaries and stuff on Netflix or Thirteen Reasons Why because I'm past those points in my life I can't relate to that and engage at the same level and I look for people who are operating more close you know or more in line with my level. The sad truth is there's not that many folks who I'm going to run into like that. Not who are single and who are open and who are, you know. And I don't mind dating someone who's in a different age bracket or, you know, a little bit older or younger or whatever. But it's just very difficult to... be so critical so picky and then when you go to talk to someone they're foolish and you're like oh well hell I narrowed it down to the to very few possibilities and then somebody else crossed themselves right off the list well that sucks but you can't control other people and you gotta realize that's one of the possibilities I'm still not gonna treat anybody else any different I want them all to have a chance to win I wanna feel like a winner I want this to work out. I I truly don't think that some people, no matter what they say or how they portray themselves, I don't think they want to win. I don't think they're doing what it takes to see success. And um, I hope that changes. And, you know, if you're one of the people I spoke to, and some of those people listen to this show, um... It's it's something that kind of haunts you a little bit, you know. You see all of this wealth of personality or potential or, you know, maybe even a, a date or something as you could go on um, with someone, and they don't. I don't know if they ever even thought about it, but even if they found the same things to be true, and you feel this way, and man, they feel that way. 
They lack the ability, the vernacular, the language, the vulnerability to put themselves out there and have the dialogue, have the conversation started up and go, you know what? We could try. I, I think there's a strong possibility here. Probably is. The problem that I run into having these discussions is that there's, it's just sad to think about. There's too many of those where you're never going to know. They're not going to know, and you're not going to know. In their head, they thought, X, Y, Z. Well, here's a different kind of situation that you may have already had it controlled or mapped out or whatever in your head, and you think it's going to happen like this. Well, let's put a different situation in front of you and see how well you do. Oh, and then you become awkward, and now it just is, it is, it's just sad or disheartening or just an ugly kind of feeling to know, oh, ma'am. Well, that's your risk versus reward. I was willing to engage at a certain level because I thought this person could match me, could meet with me. We could be competitive. We could, you know, push each other to be the best people as individuals that we could be. That's what I'm hoping for. But I don't necessarily find that a lot of people that I've talked to are trying to be the best individual they can be, right? They're complacent or they're, you know, whatever. They've slowed down their growth rate and where they're going with their life. Uh, and so that's, that is one of the bigger things, too. I'm always going to be making lists like my father does and like other people have before me. There will always be 50 things to do around the corner. I'll die with a long list that's unfinished. I'm fine with that. But what's disheartening and what you know what throws off my day is to break away from the whole you know everything's got to serve a purpose and be progress and no bullshit and you go to hey how are you doing mm-hmm. and you get back a lot of hot air silliness and I I'd rather be listening to music than have somebody put more obstacles in the way or say something facetious or just you know it's, it's very much like just stepping in mud why why yes all kinds of people talk to me that I probably wouldn't have spoken to or I don't find them particularly attractive otherwise and I do reply back to them as if nobody else is replying and, and try to make them feel better or, or say a few things or maybe even say something flirtatious to them. doesn't mean that's going to go anywhere. But it is a way that I think enhances, you know, them saying something to someone and maybe even boosts their confidence to talk to the next person. Even if they don't have a chance with me, I still would not say it to them that way and would leave the possibility out there kind of in their head or otherwise that, hey, there might be something else to this. Good. But I hope you redirect that to somebody who really wants you in a different way than I do. Because, Or if I do at all. Because what I'm doing here is I'm putting work in to further who you are as a person or what you bring to the table or how you might take a chance and that you wouldn't have taken. Okay, good. What kills me in those situations is, you know, you, you run up against people who they just... 
they're cowards or whatever you want to call it. They're not willing to take a chance. If they can't control it from beginning to end, they don't understand it, whatever. They say weird shit, they say ugly things, and they push it away. And I'm just completely disappointed by that. It's okay if you question what you don't understand, but maybe try to make something of it. It's a new flavor, you should taste it. Whatever your analogy might be. But, um, hope everybody has a beautiful week. I've got a few more projects to do. Tomorrow's my day off, and the Rangers are playing at the PNC Center in Raleigh, so I haven't decided if I'm going to go to that. Um, but, uh, I think that, uh, That I'm, I've talked about being retired before, but I, I, you know, I'm kind of slowing down when it comes to like whether I maybe genuinely do or don't want to um, pursue anybody um, or make new friends and all that kind of stuff too, because I, I feel very strongly about a lot of relationships that I have, and fewer and more powerful ones are somewhat fine with me. But part of the way that I've been spending my time is to serve my community and the people around me in a in a way that. You know, I'm enhancing their ability to to be happy, to make money, to, you know, find whatever they're looking for. So I don't give up because I just, I'm not built like that. But I hope that if anybody's listening to this, especially if you know me or, you know, maybe you thought something about me or whatever, that you take the time to pull me aside and have some lunch or sit down and, have a long conversation. I can tell you that, you know, there's there's many things in the world that intrigue me uh, as practices or as, you know, skills to learn. Nothing is, is as attractive to me or as um, intimate and uh, rewarding as talking to, to people, especially ones that I see a lot of potential in or... I find, you know, intriguing or whatever um, to be able to explore them and understand them on a different level. They take the time to sit down and open up and be vulnerable. And now you're somebody who has a little bit more, you know, you you have top secret cleaners. You've seen the classified files or whatever. There's too few of those people around. And not that I stopped trying, but. I hope you don't either. Um. Coke with coffee. We blended Coke with rich coffee for one very good reason. Your afternoon pick-me-up routine needed it. Simple as that. Coke with coffee. Getting ready to play this outro song that I have. Uh, and I've been waiting to play this. But... Um, I hope everybody has a beautiful week. Shout out to uh, my material brother um, down in Florida, Mr. Wainscote. And guys, gals, if if you slip up and you're saying something you don't mean or you don't know how to act anyway, but being awkward, there's nothing wrong with that. But you have a chance next time to... Do something a little bit further and do something that's going to give somebody some good, good 
heartfelt goosebumps or make them feel surprised, make them blush, make them laugh. Improve your communication and do it constantly. Because you don't want to end up being one of these people who has some kind of a disease and you spout out a word every three or four years because you get frustrated or whatever it is. At the end of the day, I find it quite happy and just exhilarating to be able to say something fresh, something unique, but something that is true to somebody that you care about or you're trying to further your relationship with or otherwise. Hey, hey, I, I found this joke. I want to share it with you. You know, you just look a certain way today. Hey, look at what you did in this situation. You got results? Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, I, I knew that. Or you impressed me. Or keep up the good work. Or otherwise. There ain't enough people saying that stuff. And so a lot of people don't know a good decision from a bad decision. They don't know what a, a real reward and recognition and reinforcement feels like. And the more that you remain silent or you sit on the sidelines or you... You know, it's like my old poster. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I hope to hear from some of the folks, and I'll, maybe I'll, I'll let you know how some of these relationships or friends or love interests or whatever uh, turn out. But um, I hope that you, you all have a great week. And if you're out there working hard and you're maintaining the stringent values of America or you you know you're just keeping everything um just as as white hot as it can be then I hope we're gonna have an amazing summer. I hope you enjoy the ride and if there's anything else that you, you need from me and I've I've put my podcast out here with my email on it and everything else. And yes, I reply back to people who send me Things I've, I've written some nice things over the last couple of weeks, but uh, don't hesitate to take a few seconds. And you may get less done. You may not watch as much TikTok. You may not whatever. But take the time to speak to people because there is no substitute for it, and there is no reward that is greater. And on that note, I'm going to tell you to take my word for it. Have an amazing week. Let's go, Rangers. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for listening to Michael L. Craver Presents. I see the line in the sand. Time to find out who I am. Where I stand Evolution Evolution
Shine.